Hi! A quick disclaimer. From now on, podcasts will be available on YouTube as visuals. So, if you want to tune in, just know to click down the link below, subscribe, and then you will have a podcast every Monday and a mini-sode fortnightly available on YouTube for visuals for you to leave comments with future cases for visuals in general, for you to join more as a community. Just in general, if you're not scrubbing a toilet, hey, you can watch me on YouTube. Cool. Now, moving on to the episode. Oh, November, my... <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, this is not apple juice or urine. It is simply my kind of potion. Hi, hello and welcome. This is by all means necessary. It's a podcast and now this is my setting because I record two episodes in a row because I'm high on Red Bull and vodka. That's what that beverage is. Yes. I have two very important things to say before I announce what this month is all about and before I tell you, yeah, what cases we're going to be diving in. I mean, I didn't plan the other two for free, you know. I just planned this week's one, but yeah. Very important things. One you might think is more important than the other. Yes. The first thing is uh, don't fuck with squirrels. Like, squirrels are ruthless. Listen, today I was petrified, especially during this fall season. The nuts are falling off the trees. These squirrels are on it. Like, literally today I have seen two squirrels that I was like, my life is in danger. <laughs> Serious business. One of them was literally like a meter apart from me. She did not give a fuck. She was eating her food and she was like, no, you approach it, your peril, bitch. Yeah, that, that squirrel was not to be messed with. The other one, I kid you not, was taunting a dog. This dog was clearly looking for a prey, and you know how I'm petrified of dogs. Well, if you don't, now you do. Don't find me on the streets and be like, hey, dog, jump on her. Don't do that. This squirrel was taunting a dog, and then at the very last moment, it just went up the tree, and I was like, she knew her advantage. Yeah, you would say this is the less important thing, because the second important thing is probably the best thing to have come out of TikTok. I didn't hear about it from TikTok. I actually downloaded TikTok for some editing stuff for YouTube, for the channel. And I just, I'm so lost. I'm way too old for fucking TikTok. I'm way too old for it. I just don't understand how, why is there that many options? Like, a single app should not have that many options. I'm sorry, you just, why is there that many options? This is not ideal for anybody. So, on investigation discovery Facebook page, I have discovered something that's under a hashtag safety call. Be on the phone until I pull up. I'm right up the street. So, what are we doing? Did you figure that out? You know where you want to eat yet? Yes, I'm paranoid. Yes, I'm momming you. And you know what? That's okay. Do you mind showing me your surroundings? Just humor me, please. And this is honestly the best thing that I... This is the only thing this year, probably, that I have seen somebody else do that I was proper fucking impressed. So this woman, I forgot her name, I'll post some of the videos in the footage, so like, you know, start watching on YouTube, because hey, as I told you, this podcast has now turned fully visual. Should probably put that as a disclaimer at the beginning of the video. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this woman started doing TikToks just of, like, herself, and it's called Safety Call, because she is basically talking as if, like, she was a mom or a friend of a person. So if you are ever in, like, 
danger or just in a creepy street you think someone's following you if you have a stalker you can just play some of these tiktoks and it's kind of written on the screen what you should say so you know if it's like hey honey you know are you coming home just show me your surroundings and then it says like hey show you the surroundings or it's like when are you gonna be home and then it says like say in five minutes stuff like this which is really fucking useful and i think since at the beginning when she started this safety call hashtag was like 5k on tiktok and right now i think the hashtag has 5 million i didn't fact track that but yeah i, I trust investigation discovery but that i just is beyond me it's so fucking brilliant it's the best thing to come out at any app during this quarantine as i mentioned on the courage episode you know you should always have like keywords if you are in danger to say to somebody to know that something is wrong and then you know to pick up on that or if you're kidnapped god forbid or shit like that but yeah you know you should always have like keywords phrases but this is just brilliant so hey if you have a tiktok you know follow the hashtag safety call i don't know if you can follow a hashtag on TikTok. i am old okay cool hi welcome this month because last month i have researched more than i have probably ever researched in my fucking life free serial killers plus the free britney movement which as you know was fucking detailed as hell so this month i was like okay let's find cases that are fun but don't have that much to them like let's just chill a bit and boy and i was thinking what should the topic be you know what is one thing that creeps me out but people don't really understand why it creeps me out you know what i mean it's like some people are like oh my god spiders are like with me my fear of dogs that people do not understand this is not so much a fear it's more of an animosity. Yeah, I know I'm gonna get dislikes and hate for this, but this month is uh, on twins. It's twin number. It doesn't rhyme, no. I, I understand that twin-tober would have been better, but listen, I had to go big for my birthday month, cool? So this month, you're stuck with twins. Twins who kill, twins who try to kill one another, twins who joy, rejoice and then start a mafia business. I don't know which ones I'm going to choose for the other cases, as I said. But today, we're talking about two particular twins. They're just so different in a way that you know remember silent twins well these two have kind of turned on one another in multiple other ways but then it resulted in murder why i'm creeped out by twins okay i'm a scorpio right so listen as you know because you watched that birthday episode um strong tendencies towards having your own personality and strong misunderstanding towards anybody that disagrees even like i watched only one season of love island it was the last one here in the uk and the twins came in and i was like i just don't understand why do you want to have same outfits why do you have the same hair? like you're already the same person like let's have some distinguishing skills even harry potter and i'm a huge potter head the weasley twins how do you differentiate between one another i don't understand even that like so yeah i have a slight problem with twins listen if you're twins out there if you're like normal two twins cool kudos to you but sometimes you gotta like grow up and separate each other. Otherwise, you might, you know, result drastically in something like this case brings you. So let's dive into the motherfucker. In 2016, two twins, Alexandria and Anastasia Duval, drove off a cliff in Hawaii. Only one will come out of it alive. Four years later, people still suspect that the fall was not an accident. Was foul play involved? 
and what motivated the incident. Now that that worked completely not weirdly, that intro, uh, who do you want to be today? Do you want to be the person that discovers the wreckage? Do you want to be the surviving twin, Alexandria? Whichever one you want to choose, I would probably like to put you in the shoes of the twin that survived. So, Alexandria, yeah, I'm not as morbid to put you in Anastasia shoes. So, May 29, 2016. You have just driven the car off the cliff and people have found you and you are just like in the process of realization that the sister that you had in the car, your twin that you shared your life with, you shared your work with, everything with, was found dead just next to you. And as everything is happening, as they're pulling your sister, kind of everything is replaying in your head, like what has happened in that car, how did you even, like why were you even with the sister in Hawaii? And you remember that Anastasia's boyfriend kind of like invited her only to Hawaii to spend some time together, but you wanted to tag along because again, the twin bond is super powerful and you two are inseparable. So you went along with your sister. And then you probably start replaying as they're bringing you to the hospital to treat you for injuries and you're just like wondering what the hell is happening, how has one died, one survived, why didn't the airbags save both of you. You remember how you were driving and you remember both of you were drunk. And you or your sister are not strangers to drinking. Like, you would get along really well when you two were sober. However, as soon as you would start drinking, like, some problems would arise. Both of you would just start fighting. And sometimes those fights would get physical. Now, when sort of recovered from the hospital, you know that there is a chance for you to go to trial. Because some people might not see this as an accident. So you're kind of playing in your head, why would they see it as intentional? And you, you know, even though you're drunk, you were in a car, like a fight ensued and both of you got physical on that day. Sort of like everything is a blur in your head. However, you remember and people tell you while you're in the hospital, like that was the only patch of the road that the car could have flown over and just sort of like went onto the cliff, onto the ditch. So you're like, damn, if they see it this way, I am busted. Like hopefully they're actually going to see a fight. Like hopefully they have seen airbags. They have actually seen, you know, what the car can show. They can see a clamp of my hair in Anastasia's hand, you know, even after they found her dead, which would hopefully prove that, hey, this was a fight. I lost control and I went over the cliff. But then at the same time, you're thinking in your head, but did I, did I press the brakes? I don't think I ever even tried to press the brakes. So what I'm saying that the car and what it shows is going to go into my favor might actually not be true at all. And sure, on June the 3rd, 2016, you are arrested and you are held without bail. However, two days after that, you are just released and 
they drop the charges against you, but you knew that there will always be the chance for you to actually be rearrested because you just know that some people will not see this as an accident. So sure as hell, the charges were upheld again against you in November that year. You find the attorney and this guy fought for exactly what you wanted him to fight for. So Bernie Berwar, he actually fought that you know, the autopsy and everything that the car shows actually works in your favor. So there was a clamp, there was a strand of your hair in Anastasia's fist when she was found down at the bottom of the rock, which would collaborate everything. Then there were also a couple of witness testimonies. So there was this guy that was driving right behind them. His name was Lawrence Liu, and he said he witnessed everything. He witnessed two blonde girls fighting. He witnessed like a lot of elbows, hair pulling, and it also looked like the passenger. So Anastasia was sort of trying to take hold of this uh, steering wheel and sort of like swerve the car around. So he said basically he had to be super aware and kind of hit the brakes multiple times because the car was just swerving around the road like it wasn't safe at all. And then there was also a group of boy scouts that kind of witnessed the girls arguing and it's as if like they could even hear them from the car. So they were like, though this just turned super violent and it just wasn't stopping. It was just kind of escalating. So in your opinion as Alexandria, you're like, okay, cool. These statements do show what I think happened as well. But then obviously the prosecution is going to go for, well, okay, cool. But how come that you flew off the cliff as the only spot where you technically could? Everything else was, you know, bushes, trees, protected areas. So... How come that this, you know, was exactly your luck on that day? And also, why not hit the brakes? Like, yeah, I understand she's trying to take control of a steering wheel, but from what we can gather from the car, nobody was hitting the brakes. She wasn't actually going at your brakes. Again, then you can say, you know, what could have people seen? Like, they couldn't have seen her feet. They couldn't have seen, like, what the passenger was actually trying to do. But you know, thinking about it. That's the actual thing that she would have had control of. The brakes. The brakes and the accelerator. It's not the accelerator, it's a clutch. <laughs> I don't know, guys. This is why I don't drive. And her lawyer, Bervar, Bervar, um, actually has said that basically the airbag modulator has shown that it's kind of even though they don't have timestamps, that she would have lifted her foot off the brake while her hair was being clamped, and that's why she actually didn't hit the brake. And this is what I find, like, this is what fascinates me so much about this case. It's not even about, like, oh, motivation and all of that. It's the fact that why don't we... Remember when I covered the NDE, near-death experience, and I was like, well, there is something measuring a heart rate. Why don't we have consistent facts? Why is this not one of those factual cases where, like, this is what happened, she was alive, she was present. So here we have airbags, and I'm like, we have so many things that can measure things in cars, that can show us data, and then why don't we actually see, like, okay, the airbag was triggered at exactly this time because of this... And also what what I googled, because this is how much I know about cars, I was like, but how did airbag and everything protect one sister to just come out of that accident with like scratches while the other one died? And I assume it is because I kind of looked like how airbags are actually placed, right? So I was like, wait, was there no airbag in the passenger seat? There are airbags on all the seats, like in the case of the accidents, and they worked and all of that. 
But then I'm picturing this in my head from how everybody described it, right? So if you were to prove that this was actually an accident, what everybody's saying is that Anastasia was all over the place. So she was kind of going for the wheel. She was, you know, pulling her sister's hair. So she probably wasn't like sitting straight where that airbag would like go right into your, your your face and protect you, right? So she was kind of like swearing. So she was probably in between the seats and that's probably why the impact actually had more of an impact on her. So like she wasn't actually protected by that airbag. That's kind of how I see it. But that again can be like, no, this was intentional. However, her lawyer, Barbara, was actually trying to prove that this is accidental suicide rather than murder. And this airbag modulator showed that uh, Alexandria took her leg off the gas as her hair was pulled. And that's why she sort of missed the break. Kind of like, you know, arching back like her hair was pulled so she couldn't actually even sort of pedal the right thing or she wasn't focused to actually hit the brake. Now, of course, as you are in court and you're kind of listening to the defense, their argument is that the tire marks, this airbag modulator, the actual fact that you didn't hit the brakes, shows that this was probably a murder-suicide, actually. So this witness said, let me read this out. This witness, Higa, told the judge, the state hinges on three alleged facts. There was hard acceleration, a hard left turn, and no braking. And this is gathered from eyewitness testimony, data retrieved from the SUV, and evidence recovered from the roadway. And obviously, Barvar and her whole defense team played actually to the tire marks. They were like, well, yes, you have the evidence from the scene. So you can see that during this whole time, she was actually swerving. So that does actually prove that this was not like a drastic left turn, as the prosecution here is saying. It rather shows that, yes, there was a drastic turn because exactly what we are saying. So she didn't hit the brakes, you know, she lifted her arm because her hair was pulled. But you can see like tire marks and everything when they were still swerving, like while they were still on the road. And they obviously played the emotional card saying like this was so catastrophic, super emotional for the twin sister, you know, because of their close bond, that they should take that into consideration as well. And now, luckily for you, Alexandra, you have been acquitted of this and you just look super relieved in court. You were just happy to go on with your life. However, your reputation is ruined because of so many multiple factors that we're gonna go into. But the most bizarre fact about this case is that Anastasia's boyfriend actually gave a statement that is in every single article. Every single article. I've read like 20 articles on this. They all repetitive information. So, hey, you know, it's true. But also... God damn it, it was jarring. I was like, give me something new, like, give me something more, because this is a short case, come on. No. They were all like, no, all the same shit. So Federico, uh, Anastasia's boyfriend, the deceased twin, he basically came forward and said that Alexandria started behaving super fucking weird after this accident. That she would dress in her sister's dresses and she would even try to, like, seduce him or just sort of try to play the empathy card and just be like, you know, you want to come? It was like very seductive and very weird and creepy to him. Again, this can be true. And, you know, that's why I find it so weird. Because this can, again, be like coping mechanism. Or maybe she was just liking the twin's boyfriend. And that's why she actually went on a trip with him. It wasn't even because of the twin bond. Because she wanted to spend time with her sister like she was always with her twin sister maybe it was that she actually liked her boyfriend you know 
But then again, why would he... Because I'm thinking, like, why would he lie? And the only thing that I could think of was for a little bit of publicity, for him, his quotes to show in all of these articles. Let me know what you think about that one, but I just found that one to be, like, so bizarre. It's like... I know everybody copes with grief differently, but like, bro, like, why are you seducing your sister's boyfriend, man? Uh, did you guys? I have watched way too much shit on TLC, but yeah, I think I swear this is TLC. But yeah, there are like twins that that basically share their boyfriends as well. Still, the weirdest thing to come out of TLC though is the the women. I mean, the men as well, but the women that are into and think that they're dating objects. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna link Tom Holland's video below. There's like a bunch of bitches that are just like making out with bridges and being like, oh, look at them, they're so moist. And it's such disgusting bitch. I'm like, how did we get here? Like, what is this mental illness? Because like, I thought hoarding was bad, but then I'm like, yo, hope one day I never come to the stage where I'm outside making a show about how Bridge is my boyfriend. <laughs> and there was a woman in that same episode that had a relationship with a fence. <laughs> it's so sexual and so wrong at the same time. She's literally like, ooh, it's so sturdy. And you're like, yeah, it's a fucking fence. <laughs> and then she's just like trying to jump over it or like sit on it. But it's all like a weird sexual way. I'm like, yeah. You can masturbate in it in the dark. There's no need for anybody to know about this. So you like just fucking hitting that fence. I mean, I have to say there is a lot of physical stuff going on right now. I'm definitely physically attracted to this fence. Um, and I would like to get to know this fence better. Man, you are sweet. He's an amazing lover. He really is. Well, every time I come here, I always feel that there's some distance, some barrier between her and I, but now that barrier is gone. The heat of my body is flowing into her cold steel. The cold of her steel is flowing into my body. <sighs> yeah, but then, yeah, there are twins. I'm not sure now is it TLC or do they have like their own fucking show? You probably know who I'm thinking about. If I find it, I'll put a clip in this. It's like the two twins that just like share a boyfriend. I mean, there's probably multiple. That's why twins among so many reasons why twins fucking creep me out. But this is pretty much the case. Now I'm going to briefly go into the background to sort of describe how did we get there. But as I mentioned, this is pretty much the controversy. She was acquitted. She was never charged again. She still living her life, moved on with her life. Why this case fascinates me, I don't know if you remember, if you didn't listen to it, I'll link it as well, the Silent Twins episode. It's kind of that vibe of like one had to die for the other one to survive. Now when we go into the background you might understand better why I'm saying that. But it feels like everything led to that that they couldn't coincide or like just survive with one another being present which I mean yeah again among other reasons why twins do everything wrong just have your own separate lives you know like other siblings do and then just meet for I don't know Thanksgiving and shit you don't have to be attached to the hip just because you're twins you know it's like healthy healthy relationships but now on to their background this is the most Balkan corner event has ever been one so this is Red Bull and vodka because of course and then this is just ham <laughs> just fucking ham just chopping like dry cold ham yeah i thought i will let you in on what's happening behind the scenes mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Just allow me while eating ham. You see, now nobody knows. <laughs> so both of them, again, because they're twins, were born in 1978 in Utica, New York. And uh, they were actually born under two completely different names. Alexandria was born as Allison, and then Anastasia was born as Anne. The first trigger in their life came really early. Their mom, who they were close to, died when they were only five years old. But then, even despite of that, they had a decent life. Like, they both excelled at school. They were both, like, cheerleaders. Which, again, these two are just... I know this is a tragic case. I know I shouldn't be making fun of this. But where this is going... This is the whitest pair of twins ever. And there is this picture. So now, between 2008 and 2014, they actually moved to Florida and opened the Twin Power Yoga Studios. I'm going to put some clips in. Now, you're gonna see what I mean. And then in all of the interviews that you can see, you can kind of just... There's a mean look between them. In particular, how Alexandria is looking at Anastasia from all of these pictures. And you kind of have to wonder, like, was foul play present here? Because you don't really look like you love each other. There's always that, like, envy thing, even though they do everything together. They hold classes together. They have a business together now. We love the energy. West Palm Beach is the heartbeat in this entire district. And Twin Power Yoga, our tagline is power the body, power the soul. That's exactly what you get in our hot power yoga discipline. And the two of them obviously did all of these photo shoots together. They even had matching portraits, which is just... Okay, I had this girl in high school. She was like a sister to, to one of my friends. And she was just special. It's like the difference between them was insane. It's like the brother was, they were kind of well off. And like the brother was completely normal, not like flaunting it in any way or rubbing it into the nose. And the sister had the only pink Jeep in town and had to have like a special license plate carved out for her. And I was like, and then she would obviously drive it to high school. And you're like, you live like five minutes away. Like, why do you have to be like this? So this kind of gives me that type of vibe. And of course, they had a who a spiritual advisor. I told you this. This is the whitest case. Like, I don't even care that this is tragic. This is the whitest case ever. So they're spiritual advisor. So there was this opportunity for the two of them to have a reality show. And this is where everything went downhill. Because for if they were to have this reality show, they couldn't just stick to the Twin Power Yoga. It was kind of like a small studio in Palm Beach in Florida. I would say, honestly, that moving to Florida was the beginning of the downhill because nothing good ever happens before it's like a cursed fucking state everything if you just google florida man and woman and any date of any year you will find a crime being committed and it's like the weirdest types of crimes it is always this kind of weird so their spiritual advisor um her name was leslie or something i didn't look much into the, the background of the spiritual advisors i trust in your powers don't come for me listen <laughs> So she basically was telling this Maui News, like, hey, they were kind of consulting her into what to do because they wanted to buy this big space and they wanted to get this reality show. And they probably put like either loan down or were kind of like struggling at the time. And then the reality show fell through and it wasn't going forward any longer. And this is when they kind of became broke. They even had to declare bankruptcy. But why I mentioned the spiritual advisor, apart from it being the whitest thing ever, is that she actually interestingly said that Alexandria always had that 
big gregarious personality of like she must be the center of attention she must like be present everywhere and every interview everything and then while Anastasia was kind of this sweet caring person who just didn't want to like kind of seem intrusive or anything so this spiritual advisor actually said their personalities were like two completely different people so in 2014, they are both in debt and they have to declare bankruptcy and have to move out of Florida. However, this obviously doesn't go well. So they're 150000 in debt, which means they have to close Twin Power Yoga, which also means they didn't refund any of the memberships, didn't cancel any of them, nobody got refunds, people were pissed. This was kind of like big news anywhere in Florida. And the two of them just ski daddled to Park City in Utah. Which obviously different environment, I would say, even though I'm not American, just from what I've seen. Completely different vibes. So they kind of tried to go under the radar. But of course, because nobody wins in any case, the two of them... In Utah, of course, they get arrested for drunken and disorderly because they just can't stop fighting. They just now have like trigger after trigger and they just hate each other. Just imagine what their reality show would have been like. It would be so white and so annoying. Like we really don't need more shows like this. But yeah. So in Utah now, they get arrested because again, this is now becoming a pattern, but some hair pulling has been seen when the two of them were drunk in this restaurant and people called the police and yeah, because they just got freaking physical and everybody was freaking out. So yeah, they got like arrested and just uh, kind of let go, like after they chilled out and calmed the hell down in prison. Also from this period, so 2014, which again, if you remember, is just two years before one of them, well, drove both of them off the cliff. Keith Weiss, who was Anastasia's boyfriend at the time, actually said like the two of them properly escalated and just didn't even understand. Like it was kind of like they had a break from reality. He remembers this time he entered their flat. He was in the flat and he just entered and it was complete disarray. There was blood, there was broken glass, the door seems like it was off the hinges, like everything was in disarray and he was like, shit, what the hell happened? And you just see two of them like watching television be like, hey, how are you doing? And he's like, um, <laughs> just the creepiest thing. He's like, okay, totally, like, was there an intruder? Like, why the fuck are you this chill? And they're like, ah, no, 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 nothing, nothing happened. And everything around them looked like they were just fighting and pulling their, each other's hairs out like minutes before that. So again, I put in the script, can you really trust an ex? Like, what would an ex-boyfriend, girlfriend say about you? You know, would they lie a bit? Would they exaggerate a bit? But then knowing everything we know about these twins, I'm not sure he was exaggerating. I'm pretty sure there was something, like, probably triggered ever since, like, their mother's death. And then, obviously, with the two of them just depending on one another consistently through their life, they just didn't even realize they had this complete like break from reality and from what's normal and not normal and obviously probably some like untreated anger management issues which is hopefully when I'm not gonna ever lead but yeah it's <laughs> just like vividly can imagine it in my head because again it's like I find myself so many times in situations if you ever hear me super calm when you know I should be stressed like you just know I'm dying inside <laughs> 
there was this one time, as you guys know, I have like a residency card, so I still don't have like a British passport or whatever. So I have like indefinite leave to remain. But basically, without that shit, you know, I kind of need to like take another one. It's all procedure. So <laughs> on this day, we were actually years ago. It was the worst fucking trip of my life. Fuck everything about it, everything about that day. My husband went to pick up something from the post office. You know, this was pre-COVID. Don't think I'm going to Paris on like during COVID. Basically, he went with my definitely determined and he just went came home we were traveling to Paris that day so I needed it basically to enter back into the country it's like <laughs> the fuck and he went and came back Russian he was like yo listen I, I lost your card <laughs> I was like what that's okay it's okay I we don't have to go I mean, should go try to find it maybe on the street. I was proper calm. It was so sick and not even thinking about it. So I can kind of understand and imagine this vividly. The both of them were like, I mean, what else can we do? We just pull each other's hair. Like, I have a bruise. Like, what else can be done here? Let's just move on. Nothing happened. I just punched the wall and my sister, it's cool. It's all in place work. Let's move on with the day. But also what kind of shows the patterns and makes me believe that this guy might not be lying. So Weiss again said that Alexandria was always a tag-along and they were always violent. And usually they were violent where Anastasia, when Anastasia would be driving a car. He has seen these scuffles, he has seen them pull each other's hair, like all this violent behavior twice before in a car. And he said like, even when he would go on dates with Anastasia, like Alexandria would just automatically be there just imagine i cannot imagine the worst thing than just like my older bro just sitting on my day it's been like yeah this is great like it's third wheeling at its best oh my god if i never told you i need to tell you a story i don't think i ever told it on this podcast and if you're listening a bitch you are psycho and you still need to sort yourself out because i still think you have these issues even though this happened when we were both 50 you never grew out of it okay okay i'm pretty sure i never shared this in about 40 something episodes if i did if i've done forgive me this is such a psycho story i had this best friend of mine when i was 15 and noticed that i said head in past tense because i just gave up on it i just left it behind never looked back goodbye so this this girl Basically, I like this guy, and as you guys know, I grew up on telenovelas, so what I thought I had to do, <laughs> this does not make sense to anybody else but people who are die hard for telenovelas. So, of course, what I knew in my soul and heart I had to do because I like this guy, and I just, I don't know, pobrecita who couldn't deal with ever even imagining dating the guy, I fixed him with my best friend at the time, right? And then I was like suffering on the side. It's great. Suffering is great for telenovelas. It's where I learned it from. Cool. So, <laughs> it, it, that would be cool, because I was like, okay, cool, she's dating him, like, I'm gonna forget about him, he doesn't exist anymore. Except, this girl thought it was appropriate to bring me along to every single date, and it would be sneaky, because obviously if I knew that I was going as a tag-along as a third wheel to a date, <laughs> you know, my best friend, the guy that she, that I liked, I would have been like, no, the fuck? But no, she'll always be like, hey, you and me going out tonight. Yeah, yeah, we're going for a drink. We're going for a coffee. And I'll be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then every single time he would appear, I'm like, I would just look at her like, I never ask, because how do you even ask? Like, how? Do, why do you even have to ask? <laughs> You're a psycho bitch. Like, why Why do I even have to ask? There's no nothing to clarify here. There is something wrong with your fucking brain. And you just want to watch, I don't know, is this an experiment for you? And then the two of them would start making out. And I would be like, 
So, this is all the time I have today. <laughs> this is all the time I have for you today. So, I'm gonna go and meet up with like my other friends. This is exactly what I plan to do in my day, you know. I had this hour. Now, you see, you heard the alarm. You heard the alarm. <laughs> Just going for another meetup with a friend. This is all the time I had dedicated to third wheeling today. And that how I knew she was psycho is because after this, she would like ring me. So after the day, she'd be like, did you really go on to, to meet with friends or did you go home? Why'd you care? Uh, sorry, why'd you care? Like, are you trying to step on my pain again? Be like, uh, you, you don't actually have friends. Uh, you don't actually have plans. Like, uh, what psycho relationship is this? So yeah, I got out of that. And then she was like, oh, this was why did you? Why did you stop being friends with me? Listen. <laughs> I never responded to like the last message that she sent. Because why? How do you, how do you respond? <laughs> it's like, because you're a psycho. Like, what do you want me to say to scar you for life? Also, one thing that works so well with your exes and everybody in general, if you really don't care, if you really left them behind, don't even read the message. Just delete off the phone. Don't even give them the, don't even give them the satisfaction to to have you to have them on scene. Because when they see that scene, they're like, oh, well, at least she's seen it. No, if there's no scene, you just know that person deleted that shit. I've done it so many times. It's such a fuck you moment. It's such a Scorpio moment in me. Cool. Back to the story every fucking time, Maya. That's pretty much that to the case. So by May 2016, the two of them were living with their boyfriends. So Alexandra was living with Laurie Dickinson, whose SUV was the one that they were driving that day during the crash. And then uh, Anastasia was living with Francesco Bailey, the guy that said that, like, hey, her sister kind of hit on me after her death. So that was awkward. And then obviously everything went to shit once. Actually, she had another third wheel moment and tagged along to the trip between Anastasia and her boyfriend. So, what do we think were the motives? I don't necessarily... Okay, the first motive I'm going to tell you about is the one where I kind of lean more towards. So, I don't personally think that this was accidental, accidental. Like, although there are obviously plenty of evidence to show, was it was it that leave me down in the comments or you know email me if you think differently and like what actually convinced you but what i'm leaning towards is exactly what i mentioned before which is like the two of them thought that they were inseparable right so they were like we're never gonna get rid of one another unless one of us is not among the living because from what I've heard, even four years later, it's not like Alexandra is, I don't know, in a mental hospital, like she's losing her shit, absolutely losing her shit over her sister dying, etc. There's not much news on her either, so also I'm not sure like that her best friends didn't give any declarations or anything, but I feel like if she was, that would actually be in the news. So it's all about like how she moved on from this for me and well how she was acting like a trial and stuff there wasn't like too much emotion from the images that i have seen either so this to me in a sense i feel it was deliberate but then how did she know that she was not gonna die herself that's the main part for like i think people that think this was accidental I mean, she would have had to know all of these things, factoring everything, where exactly to go. Like, and that would have been fucking mean and just way too premeditated, way too deliberate. So I think that's what mostly convinces people that this was an accident, because 
Otherwise, how would she had known that she was going to actually come out of it alive? So I'm personally leaning towards the motive being that one had to know that she, in only the only way for her to move on with her life peacefully, would be well if she wasn't to have her twin. And that's probably the one people are leading to leaning to if they think this is deliberate. However, there is obviously a second position from if you are seeing this deliberate, and that is that particular suicide murder theory. It is that she did intentionally do this, but she planned for both of them to die because she was just done with the life. You know, there were so many triggers. They were both broke. Bankruptcy, like their reputation was ruined forever. They couldn't like own a business now anywhere else anyways. So it's like, what else is left for both of us to do? We're constantly fighting and just like sort of flipped the switch. He had flown both of them off the cliff. But you're going to have to let me know what you guys think. This is more of a controversial one, kind of unsolved in a way, even though she was acquitted, so technically it is solved. But yeah, let me know what you think, either by hitting me up on social media, pod everywhere, or podbam at gmail.com, or now if you watch on YouTube, you can always drop the comments as well. So that's pretty much the case for this week. Also, because I don't actually, I'm not actually recording it like on my laptop. I have no idea how long this was. It could have been like 50 minutes. It could have been 10 before all I know. I am so lost in time. It's quarantine. Okay, cool. But I'm not leaving you before I give you, you know, the next Zoom call tip. We didn't do it in a while. What? But it was like a mini episode, and this is, it was like two episodes at least. How have you lived so far without my advice? <laughs> Probably peacefully and normally, like complete and chill. <laughs> it's actually like pretty refreshing not to have that as an ending of the episode. We'll now deal with it, okay? <laughs> so. You're going into your next Zoom call. And I think the true question is, are you a dog or a squirrel? No, no, no. Yes, I am a bit tipsy. You can see that I'm a bit red in the face. But listen, this is what I was thinking now the whole day. To wrap it all around. Are you a dog or are you a squirrel? And by that, I mean, what are your strengths and how are you playing on them? How are you playing at them? You see, because that scene that I have witnessed in the park today <laughs> is probably the only event that has happened in the past week, yes, but that dog played on the strengths, played on the, being the big dog, just, you know, sort of slowly approaching that squirrel. What he didn't play at was the ability of that squirrel to go up that tree, and he didn't have that ability. And that squirrel played on its motherfucking strength, and that's why that squirrel has my respect. But listen... <laughs> When you go into your next Zoom call, kind of like, you know, look at those faces be like, hey, what strengths am I playing well here in this company? And what are they playing well at? I don't know, because it actually started before the dog and the squirrel story for me today. I kind of woke up. Oh, I know why. It actually started earlier on today. Two things happened. First, I went to Greg's, you know, sausage roll and coffee. Come on, classic. And I was having this convo with these two women. And I was always... I don't know, it just comes really naturally to me again. It's something I don't have to think about, but it's kind of like that feel-good moment when I am the hype girl in every situation. My previous company used to do like, kind of like how The Office did their awards. Now I forgot the name and you're all screaming at me, I know. But 
But basically, you know, they had these end of the world awards and I was always like the hype girl. Well, not always once because I was there for like a year. The person that praises, that gives the most shout outs, gives the best shout outs. I was like, yeah, that's me. And that's kind of the thing that comes to me naturally. It's like, you know, coming with a positive energy, making people feel, you know, super positive. So I was in Greg's making these two bitches think like they were super young, which I mean, they, they kind of were, but you know. <laughs> you get what I mean I was like making them just feel good about themselves because I'm like you're having a shitty day anyways you're at Greg's at like on a Saturday at 3 p.m what the fuck then obviously that scene in the park and then I'm re-listening to Harry Potter and Goblet of Fire well actually all of the Harry Potter books but that's the one I was on today and the true Potterheads will know that there is a moment where Mad-Eye Moody kind of gives Harry advice and he's like hey it's a first task you know in the Triwizard Tournament what are your strengths? Play at your strengths. And he's like, mm, I don't have any strengths. Kind of like me, you know, no skills. And he's like, no, 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 come on. Like, what are you good at? So, hey, my strengths, I'm not profiting out of them unless I become like a self-help coach. But at least you can go into your next Zoom call and realize what your strengths are, what other people's are. It will help you understand how they contribute to the company because of the skills that they have. Make you understand like what you bring to, to the team. So, you know... Today, are you a cat? <laughs> are you a dog or are you a squirrel? What are your strengths? But uh, that's, as I said, in the middle of that story that came in the middle of nowhere for no reason whatsoever. This is all the time I have for you today. <laughs> so, you're going to your next Zoom call. You have a smashing Monday. Kill it, kill it today. Your hype girl told you so. And uh, until next week, I have nothing else to tell you, except, obviously, of course, you go on to keep this week and this world a better place, one motive at a time. Bye, fuckers. <laughs> Why did you whisper it? Why did you suddenly whisper it? What the fuck? Are you suddenly polite? Are you going to stop swearing?